Hello, and welcome back to The Dreaded Question. It makes me so happy to welcome back one of our favorite guests from season one, Melissa Robinette. If you haven't yet heard her episode from season one, I'm linking it in the show notes. I highly recommend you pause here and go check it out. Mel Rob has been doing some amazing work since we last spoke, and I'm so excited for her to not only give us an update, but also share some tangible steps towards building a parallel career for yourself. As always, she's incredibly generous and thoughtful with her advice. But before we begin today's episode, I'm so pleased to share that this season of TDQ is brought to you with support from the Artist Co-op. Founded by the amazing Rachel Berger, the Artist Co-op is a shared workspace located in Hell's Kitchen for multidisciplinary artists. It provides co-working space, rehearsal rooms, a kitchenette, a printer, mailboxes, coffee, Wi-Fi, and awesome events and programming. It's not just a space, it's a community. Also, you don't have to be a member to rent their beautiful rehearsal rooms or host an event in their space. Check out what the Artist Co-op has to offer on their website or social channels, all of which I'm linking below in the show notes. And now, let's check in with Melissa Robinette. So, Melissa Robinette, how's Peekskill? <laughs> Magical. Um, it's funny, I was just thinking right before we started, I've been in Peekskill for, uh, I think, 20 months now. Wow, almost two years. I've been there for less than five of those. <gasps> Whoa, that's wild and amazing. I it's it's great, and I this last time I came home, uh, I realized that I didn't have a foundation up there, so I've been working very hard on building a foundation of the basics of, like, what does your morning routine look like? What yes. does your evening routine look like? Yeah, that's real. Every time you travel, it's always different, so how, and I'm very good on the road, uh-huh. but I, I was, yeah, but I was not good in this new space. Interesting. So that has been my my main focus in the last like six weeks. Wow, mm-hmm. that's really cool. I love that idea. You know, I'm a big a big fan of morning routines. I think it's really important, a really good way to start the day. And it's so fascinating to hear that because, of course, I'm going to go ahead and assume that everyone listening to this listened to our last episode together. And if you haven't, go listen to it right now. But you know. I consider you Peak Skills number one fan and, <laughs> yes. and tourism marketing team. Um, and it's so fascinating to think like you love it so much and you've been there so little, but part of me feels like that's sort of connected. It, yeah, it's 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 lovely to have a home that you come home and love. Yes. And are still exploring. And that's actually been part of my, my fall to-do list of like, you need to to actually experience peak skill now because when I'm home I don't want to leave the couch right of course yes or like any anywhere you know outside of my property but um it has been go explore the area go Mm -hmm. find new running trails just explore the way that you would as if you were traveling and that has just been so wonderful and fulfilling and delightful and lovely yeah well and I feel like you enjoying your home life so much and where you live and what your life is like has probably led to you booking more work because you're not desperate to leave and that's such a trap 
it's funny how that works, right? Yeah. Like, I don't want to leave. Just kidding. You're gone all of the time. Right. And when you're, yeah, it's when you're grasping on to like, I have to go. I have to go. It just doesn't work that way. Yeah. But yeah, it's been, it's been nice. And again, like the auditions and callbacks are still like way high up there as far as ratios and yeah. actually quality of callbacks That's since great. I've been home this time have increased significantly as well, which has been nice to see. Yeah. And I think it's because I am very much settling into my humanness of of being a human not just an actor my husband calls them actron a robot actor exactly yeah so real and it's really easy to fall into that frankly especially when you're auditioning all the time well and we very much got into that trap earlier this year you know I was auditioning constantly and traveling constantly and my husband was working on the house constantly yeah and then when I got home from this last contract I was like we need to sit down and have a conversation. Yeah. Because all we're doing is working on the house. Yeah. And I feel like I haven't seen you at all this year. Right. So we made a big to-do list. My husband and I are nerds. Everything is a spreadsheet. <laughs> so we made a big to-do list of all of the things that are around in the local peak skill area. Oh, cool. And once a week, come hell or high water, we have to check something off. And yes. it's all the way from like, go check out the bowling alley to go hiking with the dogs at all of these, you know, 25 million parks that are around, to apple picking, to wine tasting. Mm -hmm. And it's just been that much sweeter. And it's not, because my husband was like, that's a lot of time. I'm like, an hour? Right. No. Yeah, it's not. And, And it's worth prioritizing. And it would also be so easy to do that if if you're listening to this and you live in the city like me, there's so much in this city that we never do until someone's mom is in town. And what if we started doing those things more often and seeing, you know, everything that this city has to offer and committing to that one thing a week and making it happen? And I'm so glad that you brought that up because one of the themes that came up in feedback from season one is people wanted to hear about being in a relationship as an actor. And it's something that, of course, Colin and I spoke about and I spoke to Chris Rice about. But in both of those situations, we're in a relationship with another actor, which, of course, presents its own unique and delicious trials and tribulations. But you are married to someone who is not an actor. Mm-hmm. And I would love to take the opportunity to talk about that a little bit and what some of, I mean, there's, I'm imagining there's some definite pros to that, but I'm sure there's also some hard things about it as well. Honestly, my marriage is one of my favorite things to talk about because it's something I'm so proud of. Yeah. So we're going to get a little deep here. Um, uh, My husband and I met when I was 19 on a cruise ship. We were Mm -hmm. together for two years. We broke up. I immediately... um, Pro tip, don't get married on a whim. Um, (laughs) Married somebody else on a whim when I was 21 because I had shit to prove. We were together for just under two years. It did not end well, as they usually don't. Sure. And then um, quickly after that, actually, my now husband and I got back together. Wow. And uh, we were on and off for about a decade. And then when we turned about 30, we thought maybe we should be grownups and admit that we like each other (laughs) and be in a committed relationship. And then we got married after that. But, um, when we were, when we sat down to have the conversation of like, let's do this, Mm -hmm. we are very good business minded people. So we sat down and we literally drew up a one year contract. Wow. And I gave him a to-do list of I need you to get healthy, whatever that means to you. Mm -hmm. Do that. I need you to find a hobby that's not work. Whatever that is, do that. And he gave me a very, very similar list. 
And then we made one together, which was mandatory date nights once a week. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. And we had a year to fulfill that. And we did it willingly. And Mm -hmm. it was wonderful. And we kind of joke like every year that our marriage anniversary is up. It's like, well, are we going to renew the contract? You know? And that's just how we function as as a couple um we also have the rule we have rules as well and very very clear boundaries of like do not call while I'm at work yeah all of those things um and then we do have these new boundaries that we set up of like no we're gonna spend time together yeah yes we need to invest in the house but we also need to invest in us right and it has been absolutely wonderful that's awesome I really love that approach thanks love this kind of contract idea and I feel like it suits you so well and yeah I mean you guys are such a great couple and I love the very clear clear is kind as Mm -hmm. we all know the very clear expectations of one another I think that it's so easy to be disappointed by someone else when they have no idea what they what you want from them yes (laughs) yes actually my first mother-in-law taught me that she said um don't and I thought Gosh, what a jaded woman. But she was right. She said, don't go into anything with expectations. You'll just end up disappointed. Yeah. And the the beautiful, clear as kind thing of this is when you lay it out into words on a paper, it very much removes the feelings. Yeah. And like, it's not an I, I come from a place of inadequacy, which a lot of relationships can stir up. It comes from the how can we do this together and yeah. how can I assist you and, and cheer for you. Right. Um, yeah, but he, he does audiovisual stuff all over the world as well. Uh, he was a lighting designer, so mm-hmm. he understands very much what we do and how we work. And he actually left the industry because he could not handle chasing down a paycheck. Yeah. And he's fair. And he, yeah. And I love him for saying, you know what? I love doing what I do, but I need to go to an AV firm where I get a regular paycheck and healthcare because this, this does not work for me. And I, I respect the hell out of that. Yeah. Well, I mean, I feel that that, like that must be so helpful to have someone who understands what exactly it is that you do, the the depth of the love that you have for what you do and why it's important to you. I feel like that's probably a really big component of why you guys work so well together. And after 18 years, it's just like, okay, (laughs) (laughs) you know? (laughs) Exactly. I feel like, though, it would be kind of challenging. Well, you said he travels a lot Mm -hmm. as well, right? So I guess in that way, it's not so one-sided of like, you're the one always leaving. Yep. We have... Career first, that's actually one of our rules. Career before each other, which may sound backwards to people. That's just what works for us. Right, everyone's different. Yep, and so, and that's okay. Yeah. Um, And that, we talked a lot about when we made our priorities, that. And it it's funny because we don't ask each other for permission. Right. We just do it and support. Although this year was the first year where he was like, you're not doing that. Wow. And I was like crying. <laughs> what do you mean? And he's like, You're look at you. And I was like, Yep, you right. Yeah, you I, you I don't do that. Thank thank you for your honesty. Yes, for seeing what I couldn't. Yeah. Yeah. And I I think, you know, the career first thing, I know what you mean. It probably does sound a little backwards to a lot of people. And I think for for me and Colin, it it kind of has to come for everything, there is a season. Yes. Right? And yes. there are times where a contract has come in and we're like, with how often we've been apart, 
recently, it's not worth it right now. Mm -hmm. Yes. Or, you know, one cruise contract he was offered, he said, you know, I'm really interested in this, but it's way too long. Like, and so we compromised and we were like, maybe you can do half the contract. And they actually allowed that, which was wow. And it was brilliant. And so he was able to do half. It was a year long contract (gasps) that they had offered him. It was the year we were getting married. Oh, my goodness. They were like, we'll give you two weeks off for the wedding. (laughs) I was like, hell no. Um, but then, you know, they said, okay, great. Half the contract. And, wow. you know, that was the perfect compromise for us. Because mm-hmm. it was great money for him. He really enjoyed the show he was doing. And he was done in plenty of time for the wedding. It was great. But, you know, it for us, it, it is kind of a case-by-case situation. And we have to, you know, sometimes shift things and say, like, okay, no, now for this season, we need to prioritize the relationship. We've been apart too much. Yep. Or- and now we are at the point, um, this has kind of been our new normal for the last like six, seven years mm-hmm. of we legit have to take vacations together to see each other. Yeah. Which is a great problem to have. Sure. And like, I'm very proud we leave on Friday uh, yes. for vacation for a little over two weeks. We're going to Hungary to see my family and then to wow. France. Yeah, and uh, I paid for the whole thing by myself. Oh my gosh. Yeah. What a badass. That's amazing. Congratulations. It was really (laughs) nerve-wracking. But I'm really good with a goal. Yeah. And, like, especially with finances, if I don't have a goal, I am a mess. Right. So I was like, you know what? I want to do this. And pro tip, like, Hungary is so cheap. If you need a vacation, go to Budapest. You can get an Airbnb for, like, 20 bucks a night. Wow. Yeah. So we we didn't I splurged actually. So sure. for three of us it's 150 a night, but it's basically a balcony along the Danube. Like Oh my gosh, yeah. that's going to be amazing. Yeah. So that's how we do it and he actually just got a job in Hawaii that's going to happen earlier next Ooh. year. So of course I'm going to go do that. Obviously you have to. Yeah, and it's just we've been taking and I also uh financially I don't really pay for flights because I do flyer miles yeah. so it sounds like I'm spending all this money and I'm not yeah everybody um yep so Get those points yep so we're also going to uh Las Vegas and San Diego uh in February because my friend's 40th birthday oh awesome that's gonna be so fun yeah so it's just like all this travel to spend time together right and we don't pay for a lot of it thank goodness yeah well, speaking of money, I definitely want to talk about the financial summits that you've been doing. They have been such a huge success, and I know I'm a little biased because <laughs> Colin was also involved, but I mean, what a dream team of incredible humans between you, Colin, Michelle, like, oh my gosh, I can't even handle the power team that that is. So tell us all about it. It all started because of Colin, actually. <laughs> he was the one who reached out and, you know, said, hey, I've been talking, I've been doing Michelle Dyer stuff. And then the three of us were like, we have to make this a thing. And we talked about it for like eight months. And then we finally made it happen. Yeah. And the first one, um, everything is online. You can find it at thebizofshow.com. Mm-hmm. Um, the first one uh, was incredible. We each did like 20, 30 minutes of how we got to where we are and what our focus for that conversation was. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we did a Q&A and I was I'm still actually like that wasn't a dream right Ooh, was right. that a dream it was very much real I was there you were there but mm-hmm. the fact that people left with smiles on their faces and we were talking about one of the most hated subjects in the world which is finances yeah and like money and what to do with it and how it's okay to like it and how it's okay to have a parallel career yep. and to make it and to spend it and to save it yep 
I just, I can't believe that happened. I know. And every time I think about it, I'm just so moved. And, you know, I learned so much in the, in that hour yeah. from Michelle and from Colin. Right. And then uh, we did a second one as well. And that's on, that's on the internet machine as well. Yes. And uh, it was about uh, retirement allocation and how to negotiate a contract. Yeah. And that was incredible. And I just, we definitely have something here. And I'm just so moved that people left both of those things with smiles on their faces. Yeah, that was huge. I mean, like I said, I was there. I saw the smiles. They were real. I truly, the energy and the light in the room when talking about something that can be so heavy and that people hate talking about, and artists especially hate talking about. The fact that people were so happy and encouraged was an enormous success yeah that was huge yeah it was it was awesome so that's I mean if there's anything I could like well I am doing what I want to do (laughs) if I could do anything wait a minute um it it is to bust that starving artist mindset because that is simply not true no and I've watched that mindset eat I mean we all have our friends in New York it literally eats you like a cancer yep and it is so toxic. And who wants to live their life dragging their ass going, but I'm an artist. Right. I can't make money. As if that's like a feather to put in your hat. Yeah. Absolutely not. You know what a feather is to put in your hat? Of like, hey, I have a savings account. Right. That is so, so big. Yeah. And like you said, setting goals, setting, yeah. you know, numbers. And I think most people work well that way when... It's not just sort of nebulous, general, like, yeah, I'm going to, like, save up. I don't know. Being more concrete about it, I mean, I think that makes a big difference. Agreed. It's all about being realistic, though. Yeah. Because I used to have these ridiculous lofty goals of, like, I'm going to have $1,000 in my bank account in 30 days. Like, yeah, right. girl, your rent is $1,000. How are you going to get $1,000 in your savings account? Exactly. So- <laughs> if you could do it that fast, that easily, you already would have. Exactly. Yeah, it's a it's a fine line for sure. But I think part of busting that myth is helping people realize that parallel careers are an option and even more than an option. I would say they're pretty much necessary. There are so many artists on Broadway who don't make their full living being an artist on Broadway. Yeah. They, most people on Broadway either coach or, you know, teach in some way, shape or form or have some sort of completely separate parallel career that a lot of people don't even know that they do. They're making money from a load of other things. It's certainly not their temporary Broadway paycheck. I think it's also bigger than that because it's not just about the finances. It's about your confidence. Yes. It's about you thinking bigger picture. It's about you being creative. I totally get creative and like fulfillment Mm -hmm. from coaching and from creating um, new arms of the business show like the Financial Summit. Yeah. Because it's it's using everything that we do in a rehearsal room. Yes. And it, it just is so rewarding and the best part about it is you literally then can choose your own adventure yes we forget that we get to choose our adventure in many ways and you can with a parallel career because I don't have to take that job out of town because I desperately need the money right and I think that is like you were saying earlier why things have just been coming my way is because I I'm like nah I'm good. I'll stay in town for a while. Right. Bye. (laughs) I get a call. I'm gone. Right. For something that you want to be doing. Yep. And then I get to do both, which Mm -hmm. makes me 
quite busy, but I love it. Right. I and I love I love every day. Yeah. And that is that is new, mm-hmm. especially since moving. All of this is new and it's just like I I do. I just pinch myself every day of like, wow. Yeah. I get to help people build their career that they want and their finances that they want while doing shows at night. That's pretty cool. Yeah, that's kind of the dream. It is the dream. And I love what you're saying about, you know, yes, it hopefully a parallel career will hopefully help you financially, but it will also help you emotionally and spiritually and just fuel you as a creative person. And it helps the imposter syndrome go away in a big, I don't know if you found this too, but mm-hmm. like, sure, it'll creep in because that's what it does and sure. that's its job. But I I listen to it less and less because I'm like, no, what I'm doing, it's working. Yes, exactly. And I think it's also realizing that, like you said, so much of what we've learned in a rehearsal room, the skills that we have as artists are extremely valuable outside of performing on a stage. Like, yes, our skills happen to be very well aligned for performing on a stage, but they also, I talk about this all the time, every major organization, every major company now has an innovation lab. Yep. What's innovation? Creativity. Yep. We have it. Mm -hmm. It is so hot and valued right now, and we think that we deserve to be poor and starving when every company is looking for people just like us who have good ideas. Like, no, that's backwards. Yep. So some of the big feedback that I got from season one was a lot of people saying, all right, I hear you. I believe you. I need a parallel career. Cool, cool, cool. Now what? And on top of the fact that a lot of people wanted to hear from you again, part of the reason I wanted to have you back is... I think of you as one of the champions of the parallel career, and I was hoping that together we could thrash out some ideas on where to get started on building a parallel career. Yes. Let's go. <laughs> Great. So I've been working on a um, on a parallel career module online for the Biz of Show for Amazing. a couple years, but I'll be honest, it's so specific by the person's need that I really struggle of of a mass thing right. because it's specific. But the one thing that I do know for sure, and let's get Twinkle Ding Dong for a second, <laughs> parallel careers always magically find you. Yes. And sometimes you think, well, I sought that out. Mm-hmm. You did, but there was a seed that was planted somewhere else Yep. that makes that grow. Right. Um, so like you were saying earlier when I asked you about your yoga, like how did you find yoga? And you were like, yoga with Adrian, and I hated it. And then yes. the seed got planted, and then I suddenly loved it. Yep, so true. And then from there, I was like, I think I want to teach this. And to me, it seemed to come out of nowhere, but really it came out of everything that I had been doing leading up to that. And I think you're really right. I think a lot of the time, what your parallel career should be will sort of backdoor find you. Yep. And what's also funny about that is I was literally sitting on my yoga mat doing a Yoga with Adrienne video on YouTube, which I'll link below, (laughs) um, when the idea for this podcast came to me. Yep. It's all interconnected. Yep. So yeah, I think that's really valuable in that it's either be patient and you will figure out what it is, it will come to you, or... It's already come to you mm-hmm. and you're resisting. Yes. Some people, I will say, some people try to put a round peg in a square hole yeah. because they're like, well, I have a marketing degree, but I hate marketing. I'm like, okay, let's talk sustainability and longevity. Right. Because those two things go hand in hand. That marketing degree, put that down. 
Yeah. What is the creative version of the why you got that in the first place? Yes. Let's figure out a way to make that kind of a thing. Right. So, yeah, you very much fall into it. And I would say just start with looking around you in your own home, actually, and go, yeah. what is around here? Books. I like books. Great. What do you like about books? Go from there. Yeah. Yoga mat. I like a yoga mat. Great. What do you like from there? And can you make money? Now, here's the number one thing about a parallel career. Mm-hmm. You are not going to be fully engulfed in your parallel career next week, right. next month, mm-hmm. six months from now. These things are businesses just like your acting career. It is the same. Yeah. They take time. You have to cultivate relationships. Yes, it's a lot of work. And will I'll be honest, will it pull you sometimes from your acting career? Yes, but will your acting career also pull from your parallel career? Yes, and that's okay. It should ebb and flow that way. Yes. But just start looking around you and go, I like that. Can I make money off of that? Right. And that's, I mean, that's how the Biz of Show started. I was getting better contracts and more contracts than my friends, and they're going, how are you doing this? I'm like, oh, you don't sit down with your parents, you know, and talk about auditions? Right. And, And then it just... It happened organically, and then the next thing I I know, my husband is sitting me down to have, like, an intervention of, like, you need to start charging people. You can't just be doing this for free. Yes. And then that's how it all grows, and that's how it grows. And I will say, um, for the parallel career stuff, if you can find something that is something that you can take with you, like yoga, you can take it with you. Right. That, in my opinion, is the way to go, because when you book those out-of-town jobs. Yes. It needs, it needs to find a way to come with you. Right. Or with Biz of Show, you can coach remotely yep. from anywhere. In the world. And something else that I love about what you said is something I feel like I've heard before, but I, I can't really think of the source of it right now. But a good place to start is reflect on what people ask you or yep. what people ask of you. Yep. What's the number one question that I've gotten from people in my life recently? In your case, how do I negotiate this contract? Yep. And realizing that that is clearly a skill that you have and that people associate with you because they're coming to you for this. Mm-hmm. And that's a, probably a pretty good sign that you could monetize that and make something of it. But as you said with the marketing example, make sure that you enjoy it. Yes. If people are asking you about something that you are good at but you don't actually enjoy or care about, maybe that's not the parallel career. You don't want to you know, get yourself into creating your own survival job that you hate just as much as you hated working at a restaurant, except this is a lot more work and maybe less money because Mm -hmm. you have to invest in it. I also want to add, um, when you're starting to look for the parallel career, sit down. I actually have a worksheet on this. Uh, Sit down and write out everything everybody has told you that you're good at. Yes. And I don't mean you're a good actor, you're transformative. I mean human, everyday things. Everybody thinks they're a good listener. Have you been told that? Mm-hmm. How does that translate into this idea that you have? And people tell me, you know, you're tough as nails. Mm-hmm. Yep. And that translates into my parallel career. Right. And how can that feed into your parallel career too is what are you good at? Because people tell us that we're good at things all the time. Yeah. And we don't always actually listen to them. And when we sit down and listen, honestly, sit down and meditate on it. It'll come to you. Yeah. And that can also help lead you another breadcrumb towards your parallel career and is this right for you because I can't stress parallel career is longevity and sustainability right and I also think you know with what you were saying you know making that list I agree with you that you know it's not like oh I'm good at singing you know uh, a high C or whatever it is 
But I, I would encourage people not to discount anything that they think, oh, well, everyone's good at that. You know? Yes, yes. So that's actually, um, Michelle Dyer came to me like two years ago, I think. And she said, listen, I want to do exactly what you're doing, but different. She's like, this is a conflict for us, right? And I was like, no. no. Actually, I'll send people to you because people need to hear different things in different ways constantly yeah. from other people. So go study that other, I call it religion. That's technique to me, right? Sure. That's yeah. my religion. It's my technique. Right. Go study other people. You should be studying from other people. And like, yeah. yes, go read. I mean, you don't read just one finance book. Right. You read all of them. Right. Or I hope. You don't read one acting book. You right. read all of them. So like, feel free to go branch out and we should be working together. Yes. Rather than being, oh, you're you're a competitor it's like right. we're not competitors we need to be there to support each other right maybe that's a unionist in me of like everybody come together yeah you know but and I do think that in these divisive times mm-hmm. I roll mm-hmm. um that that is important yeah I agree I mean people who will approach me about you know I'm thinking of starting a podcast like would you be willing to talk to me about it because I know there's already so many podcasts and I don't know how you would feel about like me also starting a podcast and I'm like like you said, there's already over 750,000 podcasts. Like, you creating one more is, there's room for everyone. Yes. And there's a different audience for everyone yes. and everything. But I also think, you know, going back to what I was saying before, is like, the other side of that coin is, it's really easy to assume that your unique assets and skills are something that everyone has. Mm-hmm. So I think for an actor who would be making that list that you were suggesting, they would think, oh, I'm creative. Oh, well, everyone's creative. No, not everyone is creative. (laughs) Many people you know may be creative, but a lot of people, while I do believe everyone is capable of creativity, Mm -hmm. a lot of people believe that they are not creative. Correct. And you are what you believe. So these businesses that believe they're not creative, they're the ones starting innovation labs because they need creativity in their business. So it is an asset. So write it down. If it comes to you, write it down. Yes. I I think that that is so important for a parallel career is all of you comes forward just like when you're acting or Mm -hmm. auditioning, actually. All of you comes forward. All of you comes into that room or should come into that room. And that needs to translate to your parallel career. And again, that's like why it builds confidence and it makes auditions seem so much easier because you're like, oh, I've been working on this all day. Let's what's another one? Right. You know, because you've been parallel careering all day and just as human beings, I don't think it's healthy. Well, it's not healthy to like start chipping off your yourself of like, I'm not creative. Chip off my shoulder. Yeah. I'm not, um, I'm not tall. Mm-hmm. Cut off my hand. I'm not this. Cut off your arm. And it's just like, no, no, no. Bring all of you together. Mm-hmm. We're all here. It's okay. And that that is a bit, that has been a big shift in my focus as far as, coaching and everything like no even your anxiety is beautiful so just bring it in with you yeah and that it's this is also a great instance of like comparison is the thief of joy you know yes when you were saying you know I'm not tall well compared to what right you know and you could think well yeah I'm pretty tall and then be like well I'm not as tall as a rocket right yeah so I guess I'm not tall well no that's you know you have to be thinking about like what it is you as a person uniquely have to offer Mm -hmm. and while each individual thing may not be unique like sure there are other creative people there are other tall people there are other whatever it's the combination yep. of all of the things. Yep. 
Yep, yep. And somebody may be a career coach like I am mm-hmm. or life, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. A, a stage mom. That's really what I am. <laughs> right. And But they may not have the circus background. They may have a different background that is totally acceptable. Mm-hmm. And absolutely, you should be go studying with that person too. Right. Yeah. Exactly. And I actually think what you just said is sort of shines a light on that difference. You were trying to come up with a word for what you do, and then you're like, well, really, I'm a stage mom. Yeah. How many career coaches would call themselves a stage mom? Like, not many. (laughs) Yeah. And that just so speaks to the unique shade that you're bringing Mm -hmm. to what you do. Yeah. I mean, I'm just doing what my mom told me to do, you know? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. But my mom didn't tell me that. Right. So I get to benefit from what your mother told you. Mm -hmm. And that's what people come to you for. Yeah. That's huge. Something I was thinking about, something I've heard from other people about creating a parallel career is to try to avoid gearing it towards actors. Really? Yeah. I think it's because, well, I know it's because actors don't have a lot of money. and so, We're changing that. Right? We're exactly. changing that. I am not a millennial. I'm right on the cusp. Mm-hmm. People are shitting on millennials mm-hmm. because they want it all. Right. And that is my favorite thing about them. (laughs) They want it all. They were raised to want it all, to see the injustices and Mm -hmm. to fix them. And I am so moved by the millennials and how they are standing up in in such a different and bold way and saying, no, Mm -hmm. I will not be a starving artist. We're going to fix this. And I'm so excited for like humankind right now because of that. And I think that like, we don't even know what hit us yet. And I can't mm-hmm. wait till they all turn 30, 40, 50. Yeah. Because I think that shit is going to be turned upside down and composted in a really productive way. So that way, that doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. I think you're right. I mean, I, I definitely think that the future for artists is bright and hopefully involves a lot more money and, you know... I already, I've said this so much on the podcast, I already believe that creativity is highly valued in our society mm-hmm. and things that are valued get a lot of money thrown at them. So there's definitely an upswing there. But and the arts and culture are one of our biggest um, gross domestic products. Yeah, that's true. So we as an industry and as human beings need to own that. Yeah, definitely. So you would say, especially as someone who has a parallel career that is geared towards actors, you haven't found it to be a major limitation? Ooh, this is a good can of worms to open. (laughs) Um, Yes and no, actually. There was a time where I was like, this is great, I'm good. And then there was a time where I was not okay. Mm. Thus, I thought everything else was not okay. Interesting. And then now I'm on the upswing of that, of like, no, 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 we we can do this. And especially in the last, like, year, year and a half, watching people just succeed and succeed and succeed in parallel career and in their chosen career. Yeah. Because um, I now work with, like, comedians. I'm starting to work with some oh, directors. Cool. It's kind of branching out into this unexpected way. And writers. And to watch them live their truth really and their dreams has been amazing um but it's when I did not take care of me and I was not okay I thought very differently interesting yeah so I I have hope with the actors and especially I think that we're already busting that like well actors don't have money because that's actually like with the financial summit alone right you know those were like 55 minds 58 minds that we changed into 
yes, it is okay. Right. And that we are slowly turning that over. Um, also, like, I'm not going to lie. My prices are, are high. And people, some people, it's not for them. And we figure sure. out a way to make it for them. Sure. And others are like, oh, yeah, that's no problem. I, I, I have a parallel career already. It's fine. Wow. And I'm shocked at how many people are coming in that way. And that makes me really motivated. Right. Because I'm like, oh, they get it. They get it. They are already living it. Great. How can we make it even better? Right. So now, you know, I have students that are just opening up their first Roth and starting mm-hmm. to get into investing and all of that. And it's been... Right. So I, I think that that is starting to go away. Um, as far as actors, I call bullshit on that. Interesting. I mean, I I get it both ways, I think. Mm -hmm. I do get that perhaps in some ways they're not the ideal client for a lot of reasons, Mm -hmm. money maybe being one of them. But I also think it really depends on you and your business. Yes. And something that you've brought up quite a lot in this conversation is like who Biz of Show is for. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's for a very specific audience. You're fully okay with being like, you know what? I don't think this is for you. I think maybe you should go to Michelle Dyer. Yep. Or, you know, someone else. And that also, you know, the the money tension with that of like, this is the price of it. Yep. And Are I you, will help you. Right. I will, I will hook you up with temp agencies. I will help you get there. But you need to get there. I'm right. not gonna, I'm not gonna drag you along. That's right. not how this works. And I do think it's important, especially for parallel careers. Parallel careers and acting are the same, and they're all sales. Mm-hmm. They're all sales, period, end of story. So you're not going to sell a pair of shoes to every person that walks by your store. No. Yeah, it's true. You've got to be specific. You've mm-hmm. got to be uh, intentional. Yep. And again, that's that's what we're talking about here of your unique contributions are going to be for a unique subsect of person. Mm-hmm. Another great way to look at parallel careers, if you look like you were looking at the yoga with Adriana going, I want to do that, but how can I do it? And there's two prongs here, better and different. Mm-hmm. And that is a great way if you look at somebody and go, oh man, I really respect what they're doing. I love it. Ah, I want to do that. Great. How can you do it better and different? Yeah. Go do that, please, because the world needs that from you. Absolutely. Yeah, if you feel called to do it Mm -hmm. and you can see a way that you could improve it, Mm -hmm. then you absolutely should. Yep. Because how many yoga teachers are in New York City? Right. Like 27 billion. Okay, great. There are a million. How can I make it mine? No, it's true. I think getting specific is definitely important, but also, yeah, being clear Mm -hmm. and knowing who you seek to serve. It's, It's really important. And having the integrity and the honesty to know when someone isn't your ideal client. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's key. And I'm also really interested, you know, you said Biz of Show is expensive and, you know, how do you handle that pricing tension? I, well, you're a master negotiator, so maybe you don't feel it as much. I, th- I very much felt it, actually. Uh, one of my best friends, I it was a couple years ago, and she's still to this day because we're we're maxed out of students right now for Biz of Show we have a wait list Um, you can still get in thebizofshow.com slash free um, sign up for a free 15 minute session we'll get you going Um, but I was so overwhelmed actually just a couple weeks ago and my best friend is constantly texting me raise your prices I'm like I'm at the top for me right right now so that way I can sleep at night right I've maxed that out and she's like even if it's five dollars I'm like I love you, but before that, she was like, 
you're so busy. I had 18 students a week. Wow. That's a lot. It was a lot. Yeah. And she was like, you need to double your prices. I was like, absolutely not. Right. She's like, you need to double your prices. I did. Wow. People came. Nobody died. Did I lose some folks? Yeah. But it worked. And, I mean, the supply and demand is there. Yeah. Um, But, again, like, for me to sleep at night, they're as high as I can go. Could I raise them? Yeah. Right. But I I, I would like to have some integrity and morals there. Well, and part of knowing who you're seeking to serve is knowing what they can afford and what's realistic for them. Yep. And if you're, you know, pricing out of that, then you're really hurting yourself because you're losing your ideal clients. Correct. And I'm also trying to keep business costs as low as possible. That way my overhead doesn't start to creep in. um, And that way I can keep prices lower and have lower offerings like Accountable, Mm -hmm. which is our online course. That's 20 bucks a month. Yeah. That's and I'm able to have programming like that to help those who can't reach the top end. And I do think that with a parallel career as you serve, you need to have many, um, have a poo-poo platter, if you will, you know, have many offerings at different price points. That way you can, if you're trying to change the world, (laughs) um, change as many humans as possible. Yes. So. Yeah. Something that Jen Waldman says a lot is if you're going to start a parallel career, you're going to start something where you are charging money. You have to figure out what you're going to give away for free. Yes. And I think you strike that balance impeccably Mm -hmm. well. It can be something like a podcast or a blog. Um, I love giving away free shit. It makes me so happy. Um, I had a dream this summer while I was working (laughs) that I gave away five sessions, one each weekday for a week. Wow. And I was like, you know what? I just jumped on Instagram. I was like, I had this dream. I'm going to do it starting next week. And we did it. And it brought me so much joy and the internet so much joy. And like it was bringing people together on Instagram and like just people were rooting for each other. It was so cool. That's awesome. Yeah. I love that. And I think it's important. And I think especially, you know, with the turmoil that you were feeling about raising your prices, Mm -hmm. I think this is kind of a way to balance some of that out and know that even though, you know, you feel like you're at the top of where you're comfortable for now with that, you're being so generous with your time and your energy and what you have to offer that those things definitely balance out. Well, and if you're starting your parallel career or thinking about it, go check, go to the Biz of Show and check it out. I have a whole tab called free. And we have two offerings there. We have a free audition workbook, Mm -hmm. um, which I do every day. Yes. When I audit. In fact, I'm doing it twice today because I have two auditions. Um, But like both of those things, the 15 minute session and the um, audition workbook, they are both exactly what you get with the Biz of Show. It's a great introduction. It's like, you know, flavor testing at 31 flavors of like, do you like this? Right. Great. You do. Let's have more. Right. Otherwise you don't. Totally cool. Peace be with you. Yes. Um, And if you can find a way to do that with your parallel career, that's a great, it's called a lead magnet or a freemium. Mm -hmm. That is a great, that's from Shalene Johnson, Build Your Tribe. But that is a great, great way to just kind of get people on your wavelength to see if they are an ideal client. Absolutely. Again, being clear and specific with who you Mm -hmm. seek to serve. And yeah, and then the other side of that coin is not taking it personally when people decide that, it's not the flavor for them. Yep. Yep. And people people tell you that. And that's... Yeah. I, I respect the hell out of that. Right. Great. I'm not for you. Go find somebody else. I'll give you a list of names. Yes. Go... go and if you're going to go see somebody else, please let it be one of my friends. Yeah. Because I can vouch for them. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. That's very generous. And 
I feel like it's something that you understand well as you sit before me with purple hair. And <laughs> I just love that. I love that you always do you and you were talking about how you've like never had so many callbacks in your life. Seriously. Now that you've dyed your hair purple, I feel like that's not an accident either. Yeah, you know, the purple hair has been such a big thing. I've wanted to do it my whole life. And you guys, this is like bright electric purple. Oh, We're yeah. not talking about some wimpy I'll lavender. I'll post a photo on Instagram. Go check it out. It's beautiful. <laughs> Thanks. Um, I love it so much and I've wanted to do it. And since all of this, like, um, this hatred on women and their bodies mm. have come out into the courts and into state legislatures yes. and policies... Um, I made it a promise earlier this year to smash the patriarchy every day, whether it's one little, little tiny thing that I do, mm-hmm. that is, it's my daily one for society. And I've also been working really hard to expand my viewpoints and look at things from different angles and like, okay, if we're, if society says we are to do that, why? Right. And that's kind of what, like, I've always done, like, with my marriage, with my life. But I've been trying to really be aware of it more yeah. and to question why more um, and how and and where it comes from. But the purple hair came about because I was like, I want to go purple. I'm going to be in a nun habit for the rest of the summer. Mm-hmm. And then I'm not auditioning. Famous last words. <laughs> um, for the rest of the year, I'm going purple. Fuck it. Yeah. And then... Of course, all of these auditions came to me. All of these callbacks came to me. And they some of them were for, like, traditional musical theater folks. Sure. And the only thing that they've said is, we love your hair. Yep. And I was like, what about headshots? Nobody's cared. Wow. My, I started wearing my glasses every day in the room. Nobody's cared. Yeah. And, and the purple hair was very much a little bit of, I'm going to smash the patriarchy with this. Yeah. And I got to tell you, I was in Atlanta Airport and those Southern men did not know what to do with me. No, I bet they didn't. They did not. They, I could see the judgment all over their face. Great. How delicious. I loved it. Yeah, I yeah. bet. It's been fun. And it just makes me feel like a superhero. And yeah, I love that Like the industry is so accepting of it. Right. Knock on wood. <laughs> well, and yeah, it's just a way of being unapologetically yourself. And mm-hmm. that's what people say they want to see in the room. And it's really cool to hear that you're going in the room and people are responding positively and loving this like expression of who you are. And I I actually find that really empowering, especially to hear that you don't look exactly like your headshot and everyone can still survive because that is like the paralyzing fear of every artist, I feel like. Well, and I was just in final callbacks for the Broadway mm-hmm. and it yes. was one of the big, big casting directors. And um, they asked me to call them before my last callback. And I was like, oh shit. Yeah. They're going to ask me to change my hair back. And, you know, I'm, like, texting my best friend. I'm like, do you think? She's like, it, it means less purple. I'm like, well, we'll see. And they, he, he actually said, do not change your hair. I love it. He's wow. like, but I need you to pull it back. Because okay. these people are at the end of the world. No makeup. Sure. Leave the hair. And I was like, no makeup, no nail polish, no bra. I'm in. Yeah, like, dreams. Hair back. Like, I'm in. Um, Got it. Check. Yeah. And, like, did I book it? No, but I just, I was like, you, I felt like, was it Sally Field? You like me. You really like me. You know? I feel Z. Yes, you're not making me change my hair. I Thank you. Thank you for acknowledging that. Yeah. And that, that just felt like I booked the job, you know? Yeah, exactly. It was a huge success. 
says. Yeah. That's awesome. I so, mean, I'm so happy for you. Move to Peekskill and dye your hair purple. Those are my... The secrets <laughs> to life with Melissa Robinette. Like, we are all learning things here today. Yeah, but I mean, we do fall into that trap of, oh, I should. Oh, my headshots. Uh-huh. Oh, my this. Oh, my that. And I'm learning the more you break the rules, yeah. the better it is. Yep. Break the rules. Yeah, especially in a way that's authentic to you. Like yeah. you said, you've always wanted to dye your hair purple. If that doesn't speak to you, then like, God, don't do that. But if something else speaks to you that you've always wanted to do, go for it. Yep. Yeah. That's yep, yep, really yep. empowering. Well, Rob, thank you so much for taking the time to do this. Thank and you, you know so how much. how busy you are. And I have two auditions after this. hey Yes. Well, <laughs> now your voice will be nice and warm. I'm ready. <laughs> Who's ready to break some rules? Okay, seriously though, I know we all want to be cool like Mel Rob, but maybe let's not all dye our hair purple. What's your version of purple hair? That thing you've always wanted to do but didn't think you were allowed. Maybe now's the time to give it a shot? It's no secret that I admire Mel Rob so much. Her business, Biz of Show, has helped so many people. She refuses to make compromise when it comes to building the life she knows she deserves. And she is so incredibly generous with her time and her gifts. I hope this episode gave you a great starting place for finding a parallel career, or at the very least, some encouragement. And I hope that if you can think of someone who needs to hear this episode, that you will share it with them and then rate and review TDQ on iTunes to help other amazing changemakers find this podcast. Thank you so much for listening. I'm Lily Torre, and this has been The Dreaded Question. 